Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and today is a faction reaction for the Daughters of Cain with my good friend and brother, not daughter, Mr. Jacob Berry from the Rage of Sigmar podcast. Hey, Jacob. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's great to see you. Your, your beautiful face and your sexy voice. Hey, I'm really excited to have you on the show, uh, especially um, if you guys watching it back on YouTube or listening to a podcast, both of which you can do. Um, uh, this is off the back 30, 40 minutes after Vince has just been on talking about Sanesh, and that wasn't necessarily a trip down to party town. Let's put it that he way. He was kind of negative. He, was, uh, he seemed bummed. He didn't seem very happy, uh, which is fair considering the rules he was talking about. But I've got news for you, listeners. All you Hydro homies, all you YouTube thugs... This is going to be a pure positivity train. Mm -hmm. Absolute energy bus is coming into your station. Yeah. What's good in the book, all you see before you is gold. <laughs> yeah, right. It's basically, this This entire show is going to be me doing, like, you're going to be Simba. I'm going to be Mufasa. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say everything the light touches is great. And you're going to say, what about over there? And I'm going to say, that's Avatars and Doomfire Warlocks. And they're still very plenty good <laughs> so i'm in i'm really excited about this uh, thank you to everyone who's joined us the honest wargamer is filmed in front of a live studio audience uh which is uh halalex today angle crazy horse jim McConnis, uh Knigge, and salarath has just subscribed on twitch so thank you for that right what Jake, a champion what a champion jacob just quickly before we get into uh the daughters of kane how they play in hdmr2 have you been you've been well what's been going on yeah, I'm I'm great. Uh, we've got a kid on the way and an 18 month old who has discovered her own will and what she wants, but has not yet discovered the language to share that. Um, so, like, you know, when you when you play a good game of Warhammer and someone's like, "My intent is to be three inches away here," mm -hmm. and and that com that communication is really good and it sets you up for success. It's like the opposite of that because she knows exactly what she wants and cannot tell me. So I'm just guessing the whole time. <laughs> She's just like, eh. I'm like. The banana? You usually want the banana. You just—that's your. You think you think nana means food because the only food you ever want is bananas because obviously carbs, carbs and sugar, is like the best. I mean, so good. Like I agree with right. that. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, it's great to hear you well and the kids are well as well. Uh, the um, Dorsey Kane. Does Kane uh, very much like Celeste, which we just talked about? The parity between the two is is truly madness. Um, they had such an interesting initial jump in uh, when they were released in Age of Sigmar Two. They were dominant as as someone who does the Age of Sigmar stats center. I could talk about the stats and how how positive they were the entire time. Uh, so my uh, question to you is, uh, Jacob, how did they play in two? This is obviously pre the Marathi update, I guess we'll talk about, and then take me through into the Marathi update, I guess. Yeah. So. The Daughters of Cain mm -hmm. are probably one of the, they're the first army that ever was like big prayer status. So like, you know how we have like big daddy dom magic right now? Yeah. Daughters of Cain were that with prayers and they, I mean, the whole game is like, how well do you layer buffs onto pieces and how well do those pieces take buffs? Mm. And Daughters of Cain have great units to take buffs because they've got shit tons of attacks and they're relatively speedy so you can get them where you need them to get in these fights. And for a long time, getting those those buffs up was very reliable, right? Hagbrew was automatic. Or I'm sorry, Witchbrew. I always say Hagbrew for some reason. Witchbrew? Witchbrew. Um, which else? They, it, it used Somewhere. to be automatic, right? So ignore Battleshock and reroll to Wound. Super strong. On top of that, very reliable prayers to give them reroll to their fanatical faith, which you could make a 5-up instead of a 6-up, so you had this 5-up rerolling 
uh, ward save, which was so you could have this like very very strong anvil that also hit like a ton of bricks because you put all sorts of buffs on them. Mm. Um, I mean, Dodger Kane never fell out of the meta. People got tired of playing them because their their line is like twelve to fifteen units, and they're all great. Uh, but like the playstyle eventually got tired because you had only two real sub factions. And really, it was just one, right? Like, you, you saw Hagnar. At the end of the edition, we saw uh, Corey and we saw uh, Celebron come into some ascendancy, mainly because shooting got really good, right? I've been playing Celebron pretty much exclusively because my best friend plays uh, KO. Uh, shout out to Joseph Pagano. One of 17 shout outs for Joseph Pagano. <laughs> um, he plays KO. So obviously, I had to play Celebron the whole time. Yes. Uh, I told him it was a meta pick. It was personal every time. And... Uh, <laughs> So the which the, is the, the true meta pick? That's the true meta it pick. Is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Pick pick to beat your friends and keep them your friends. Yep. That's like, that's the that's how you win at Warhammer. Yep. Um, the native minus one to hit in shooting was was so huge because back then also you could stack negatives to hit. So you'd have you know heroes with lookout sir being minus two to hit. You'd have little Marathi being minus three to hit. Stupid shit, right? Like just almost unhittable in uh, in the shooting phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus they came with teleport so like there was some some real cool tech you could do with with teleporting and then they made marathi uh so previously marathi was a finesse piece and you had to use her really well because you either had this terrific caster who had long range or you had this beat stick and she couldn't die into like she always has had this like can't die for a couple turns until you do you know three wounds every every player turn yeah exactly right also can't be healed so before people start crying about how how broken she is now you're right, but not for that reason. Um, she, it, it used to be a choice, and it also used to be a hard choice in list writing because she, she took up a lot of space, but could only do one of the two things. Mm-hmm. Now she does both, and it's ridiculous. And so, like in at the end of two, when you saw Corey just stomping everyone with Lachlan, the the Soul Seeker, and uh, and Marathi, and fifteen bow snakes, and fifteen bow snakes shooting in the hero phase, and then teleporting up and shooting some more, right, like. She went from good, but you could leave her at home, to now she's like, it's hard to write. It's not hard to write Dodger King list without her, but every time I write a list without her, I'm like, you know what would make this list better? Taking out a third of it and putting in Marathi <laughs> every time. <laughs> she's just so good. She's just so good. Um, yeah, so just, guess... a, just a TLDR for people from my perspective, having looked at some of the tournaments real quick, um, it definitely felt like before Marathi, the army was like very combat-centric. Like, you didn't see any mm-hmm. of the, the bow snakes, which we'll talk about in a minute, because it's a very competent shooting army now. But like, it, it was very much a combat army, and then uh, for a couple of reasons, one of the battalions was also really key. Sister Slaughter was so important, especially during the Activation Wars, which obviously touched on in the Slash show. Um, like, they were one of those few armies that could compete, because it initially started out as Witch Elves in the Wayback When Machine. Um, uh, yeah, the witch elves, I think. And uh, <laughs> so it started out with witch elves, and like Jacob was saying, all the overlapping buffs in hordes because they were so super cheap. Eventually, they got points up enough that Sister Slaughter and the six inch piling became so effective, especially with Cauldron Guard uh, and the Slaughter Troop, or well, Cauldron Guard first, Slaughter Troop second. And then you kind of had this this fighting. And it was really only with the introduction of Marathi where we saw Marathi get a War Scroll change, which was fairly unique. But we also saw the Melius Eye. Uh, so that's either the, the Bloodstalkers or Blood Sisters get the get their kind of like side grades, I think, for the combat snakes, but definitely upgrades for the bow snakes. Uh, and we also saw them be quite cheap. And that kind of led us into the Daughters of Cain Battle Tome, where you yeah. got like a, a refresh of 
um, the rule sets, but I don't think those things went away. And like Jacob was saying, Marathi kept like, I would say Marathi kept like some pretty significant like buffs available there. Oh, she is stupid good. Yeah, she really good. Stupid, stupid good. Really the good. one thing I'll say about how how the army used to play um, is you used to build around battalions, right? It wasn't really building around sub factions. It was build around cauldron guard, build around slaughter troop. Yeah. Or if you were like uh, like um, a special snowflake like Jimbo, you would play Temple Nest to like have a really ghetto bad version of Plague Touched. Yeah. Right. Like you could do it, and that's usually what you built around. Um, also one thing we are skipping is that is the introduction of Morgweth and the shadow stalkers. Um, Please continue. right. Like Morgweth, Morgweth was, I like, I just, I think an erroneously pointed hag queen character for, for beast grave, uh, underworlds, whatever you want to call it, whichever season it was, uh, she cost less than a hag. And she had she could give wounds to her, her five wounds of friends, which was stupid. The only thing she couldn't do was take items. Um, and she couldn't get like the Celebron buffs because she's keyworded Hagnar. And the other one is the Shadow Stalkers, who came out with the the second Warcry Box release. Set. And they're right, exactly. And they're just absurdly good utility because they sort of have a little bit of everything, right? They have like cool mortal wound shooting. They've got a teleport. They're minus one to be hit in combat. They've got this little buff character who's not a hero. Um, so like that also upgraded the army a ton as if they needed it with heart renders and life takers who could already sort of drop from the sky and do stupid stuff. Yeah. And they fit a really unique place. I would say not only in the DOK army, but also actually in the game, like there are a few of those units, tree revenant spring, spring to mind, of course. Uh, and then Dorks Kane also have access to some of the others like harpies. Like, so they already, <laughs> they already got them. So they're like, Oh, I really need like a unit that can like deploy off the board or teleport. And they're like, well, you've got two, would you like a third? You're like, okay. And then other armies would kill for that war scroll to be in their army. Uh, so yeah, the, the shadow stalkers or shadow stonkers as they are more affectionately known, I think in the internet, mainly here, mainly here. I, I, I do believe if the name has changed on the Warhammer app, that's no longer supported. Because <laughs> yeah. we own it now. We bought it. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> we'll just what if we bought it, they what if we bought it on Earth 2 and then renamed Shadow Stonkers. Shadow Stonkers, yeah. yeah. It's a really, it's a long game for very little payoff, but we'll think it's hilarious. Agreed. Also, uh, initially the name Shadow Stonkers came from my friend Joe Pagano. Shout out two of seventeen. So, oh, uh, what a babe. <laughs> I'm helping. That's what I'm doing. I was talking about you. Uh, so, um, a combat army, and then since the mm -hmm. introduction, a combat heavy army specifically, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. uh, wasn't very magic dominant, and then with the introduction of Marathi, and then the Daughters of Cain book at the end of Age of Sigmar yeah. 2, we saw it yeah. become a shooting army as well as gaining some magic prowess. So before yeah. we talk about winners and losers in 3, Jacob, talk to me about Age of Sigmar 3 wholesale. What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? What kind of... Have you got some, you got some big thoughts on this? You've got a lot of well, feelings. No, you just... You transitioned really well in a, and I was hoping to make that transition and ask you what you thought of AOS 3. <laughs> I was trying to beat you to it because I also... For, for folks who don't know at home, every time I call Rob on the weekend, so of course nobody knows this, uh, I'll, when he picks up the phone, I'll say, welcome to the Last Warrior Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. I'll give him a little impression. And I really wanted to do that when we started, but I didn't have the countdown correct. My timing was off. So I was hoping to beat you at your own game at some point, And you've, again, you wildly that's the fought. That's the professionalism clever on display. Yeah, right? It is, it, like, up there with, with, with the, like, sexual chocolate machine that is Chris Peach. Um, <laughs> so, all right, um... I've, I've really enjoyed three. Uh, I've played three games of it. I got, I've got a game tonight against a uh, friend of the show, Basil in Ferrara. He's just some American. Okay, you nice. may know him from that. Some American team who won 
the the TTS tournament a while back because everyone didn't know who they were. Anyway, Somewhere, he's a, okay. he's a gem. We're playing tonight. Um, I, I without like beating a dead horse. I think it's more complex. I think it's great for for tournament play. I think it's the most fun version of the game we've ever had. Most of the rules are pretty clear, not watertight, but pretty clear. Um, and we we've got an awesome product on our hands, which will be harder to digest for a new person because what we're doing is we've increased the, the shit you need to know. And Joe and I joke about this all the time that Joe Pagano, shout out three of seventeen, uh, that it's really remember hammer, right? It's who can remember more of their rules and apply them where they actually come into a useful place, right? Which is why AOS Reminders is so good, which is why the guys from Texas who made that cheat sheet Weird for- Weird shout uh, out. Yeah, Weird Nobs, love them. Shout out one of 12, um, super useful. But it's still a lot to, like you have to keep reading through all these things all the time or just like have a ticker scrolling in your brain, uh, which most of us don't have. Um, I'm sure Tom can do it in his 17 minute Age of Sigmar 3 games, but like most people can't actually make that happen. So it's tough, right? And for new players, it's going to be really hard to get a casual game with a a smart, experienced player where they don't feel outclassed. Because I, I feel very comp- like Okay, so a great example, a good friend of mine, Austin Fletcher, he was new in AOS 2, and like he and I play a bunch on TTS uh, when both of us were unemployed at different times. We had time for a lot of games. And we would play these games, and Outside of like one matchup where I really just brought a garbage Slanesh list to see what I could do with it, like games in two could be close, but often it's like it's the game is very reflective of the higher skill player. Yeah. And I think in three with more factors there, it's just going to widen that gap, uh, specifically between me and Austin Fletcher. I think I don't think that that's a bad thing though. I think the real question is is how do TOs and how do people who organize pickup games or club games how do they really make it so that that that, that differential between those people is less stark. But really they're like you know you're sticking you're sticking wolves in with chickens and then you're hoping that right. that goes well. It's a weird setup, right? Right. Right. It's it's like people have to have a good time because they're wanting to have fun. Yeah. Even though mismatches in the game will will create a clear winner and loser, which is again how it should be. Yes. It's interesting we're talking about this though because that's actually one of the things I like most about Daughters of Cain with Marathi taken out of the conversation for a minute because JP Gannis, uh, Listbot guru, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he ran a bunch of stats on all these different armies, and Daughters of Cain was the one that was the most honest in result. So like if you were the higher skill player playing a lower skill player, you were way more likely to win. If you were the lower skill player playing a higher skill player, you were almost never going to win. It's a very honest army. People talk about DOK or used to talk about DOK as being this like, it's it's so strong. It's really great. It's point and click. You just have to make sure your stuff is in ranges and you're going to win. It's like, well, actually, if you're not good at DOK and you're playing someone who's decent at their army, you're going to get romped on. Uh, you're going to you're just you're going to stand no chance. There's like KO is is the the best underdog army, right? It's the one where a low skill player could play a high skill player. And if the low skill, if the person's playing KO, they're more likely to punch above their weight. Sorry, we're getting into the weeds here. But no, it's okay. Daughters of Cain was the opposite, where it's like it was always if you're the underdog, you're fucked, you're not going to win. If you're the overdog, you're going to just dance on someone's grave and fart on them a couple times, mm-hmm. but call it a prayer. Um, 
Because, and I think I think the interesting part is that is because I think the parallel that you're drawing, and I think it's super accurate, mm-hmm. is with Daughters of Cain, previous to the Marathi book, because I think that that's changed right. now. I think it doesn't take yeah. too much to smooth brain your way through 15 acts of bow snakes, but... Hey, we're going to get to my smooth brain list in a minute. <laughs> but the, the point is... is Spoiler I think... alert, I'm taking it to Nashcon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the parallel, I think, is really clear, actually, that, like, you, you, had, you had, had, and still have, but it's different, you had so many yeah. tool sets available to you you pile in and and um you run away and you pile in with six inches where your prayers are wholly within trailers a unit back for hagnar like for the for the for the buff and fanatical faith yeah. like you had so many options that if you played well you could do more things with it like it had more room yeah. to expand and i think that's also true with the play style of age of sigmar 3 where you can actually expand and i think the more you play age of sigmar 3 actually the more you go back to the list writing stage and something like shadowstone because you think well i could just do savage spearhead also threaten an objective with conquer with two of those in my list i don't need to smash like um and and like i'm just sat there gaining points while you're just stood in the midfield terrified of getting hit so just getting peed on and loving it yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're in luck bob we're gonna have a great time we're having a great time uh (laughs) right okay so three in a nutshell we've done that let's talk about Daughters of Cain, winners and losers. Yeah, uh, winners, winners, winners. Now, obviously, like I said in the show previous, and I should have done this on the other shows, winners inside the book with Age of Sigmar 3 and why, and then obviously you can relate that to uh, the, 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 the rest of the armies later, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So... Marathi, done. Move on, next. Like, obviously the best, <laughs> big winner. Uh, so talk to me about what Marathi I, does like, in an army. What's Marathi oh doing God, right. in Army? Because we're actually we're actually talking to new people as well as yeah. everyone who's like, fuck it, we get it, Marathi. All right, so Marathi Kane is actually two models. We've got the caster, who's Marathi Kane, six wounds on a four-up save, minus one to be hit all the time. She's a three-cast wizard with plus one to cast. Does She's that minus one to hit spell. stack with lookout, sir? So if I'm near a unit, I get minus two to be shot. So if I've got plus one to hit, it's still minus one. Yes, but you can never get past minus one but you can stack uh, and, and de-stack right so like you can stack and de-stack but you can't right exactly or like in calibron so she can still be effectively minus three to be hit but it only effectively becomes minus one when they're rolling dice crazy great question um train of thought joe pagano Sorry. number four of 17 all right so um so she also has a native oh her war scroll spell is uh is 36 inches and it can has the potential to do d6 mortal wounds which is phenomenal um do 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 and she's usually going to be casting Mind Razor because she's the best caster. And and this is super notable. She has a command ability, which pick a friendly Darzakane unit within holy within twenty four. They get to either fight as though it was the combat phase or shoot with all of their with all their weapons. So you people will take fifteen bow snakes, park Marathi, not even that close to them. Don't even have to do it. It's not even that close, and just shoot in the hero phase and then shoot again in the shooting phase. And for those of you who don't know, snakes come in fives, tens, or fifteens if you make them battle line. They have two shots each at range 24, threes, threes, rend one, damage one, and sixes to hit are a mortal wound and the attack sequence ends. So like you're very reliably getting six or seven mortal wounds out of a unit of 15 of them, and then like another six or seven wounds on top of that at rend one. So like I, I can count on them to reliably do 11 wounds to most targets 
per, is, per round of shooting. Which is really interesting going off the back of what Vince was saying about reliability. Well, no, no. So what Math Muller was saying in the Silverdale show about reliability, where he, he prefers the swords over scythes because he feels that they're more reliable, like on the damage. So he... We're not going down this path. We're not arguing about swords versus scythes. Every Silverdale player <laughs> wants to have this argument, either with themselves or with someone else. And we're talking about Daughters of Cain. I apologize. I'm not having it's the okay. argument. I'm talking about reliability. Don't, don't you piss on my party. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> the, um, no shame. No uh, shame. Yeah, the, uh, the, the reliability, the reliability yeah. that's available um, there is you knowing that you can do that many wounds. Very much like Vince was talking about with the Keeper of Secrets only doing right. seven damage to a four-up uh, save. You're reliably doing Is that against a four-up save, that, that seven or eight wounds? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, 11, 11 wounds. 11, wow, amazing, 11. amazing. Uh, at, at 24 inches in the hero phase, and then you do it again in the shooting phase, and you can move up 8 inches because they're fast, because they're they're snaky girls. Mm. Um, but, Jacob, you're saying, that, that sounds like a pretty strong character. What if I told you that's only half of the war scroll because there's a whole second half? Okay, so she's that's one right. model, right? Nope. The Mangler's Squig. <laughs> Uh, it's actually the opposite of Mangler Squigs because it's two models that you purchase as a, as a pair. And they have two sets of rules, but they can't die independently. If one of them dies, they both die. But here's the fun part. Um, any wounds that would be allocated to Marathi Little Girl gets passed up to the monster form, which is what I'm about to tell you. The Shadow Queen is 12 wounds on a four-up save. Um, she fights like a freight train, although now she's only rend one because uh, FAQs are apparently hard to copy-paste uh, until they fix it. That's like, which is fine, right? Like her being She's at either Ren 1 or Ren 2 at the time of recording and yeah. could change at any moment. Yeah, we'll go back and edit this in post. No, we won't. He's never edited the points on any of his rundowns, even though he's set himself the design space to do so. Um, so I, right, she like, she fights super well. She moves 14. She does degrade. But after the third wound is allocated to the Shadow Queen, every, um, Every player turn, she cannot take any more wounds. Doesn't matter what happens. If something would slay her outright, she takes her three mortal wounds. Can still get her fanatical faith six up save against that. Um, like it's so she's a very unique piece because she will not die turn one. She cannot. You have to misplay, or your opponent has to like have a big alpha for her to die turn two. Realistically, she's dying turn three or four. Or if your opponent is smart and then actually feels really dumb for doing this and ignore her, she's never dying, right? Because if you don't do enough damage to her by turn three you're never going to kill her, right? So she's sort of this, like, little eternal piece that also... But, like, she goes... Like, I have her die in my games if I if I misplay her. If you throw her out there and are cavalier with her, she does die. Um, but she has got, like, eight attacks that are damage three, and she's got a damage six attack with Ren three. Like, just fucking so good. She's got a great um, shooting attack, so she can... I don't know if you've heard... Have you heard of Unleashed Hell? Uh, Unleashed? Unleashed Hell? Unleashing Hell? I think it's French Arthur from Volgaris? the Unleashed right. region. Okay. It's Unleashed Hell, I think. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah. The, uh, the, I don't speak. The yeah. thing... Uh, I was going to ask about this, actually, with Marathi being a huge winner, uh, and I want to ask why she's a winner, other than she's already wiener. good. She's a winner. Uh, yeah. is, is because... Do you feel she might die easier now? Because previously, if you charge a unit of, let's say, Iron Drakes... Because yeah. of Unleash Hell. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have taken damage in that turn, right? Or she wouldn't have taken that three damage. Do you think that she's actually weirdly more susceptible to death now? Or still no? Not really. And I also think if people are using their Unleash Hell with like a big star unit like that on her, you're like, well, fucking fine. You're going to do three wounds to me. Because uh, I, I, I would throw her into those type of units and not care where I placed her, right? I could put her in the middle of them. I could put her on the side of them. It didn't really matter. 
Uh, and I would n- I would never activate with her first, right? Like she's a free activation because like you always have a conversation with yourself in the combat phase. Mm. What am I activating first? What can I not afford to not get to swing with? You can always you can almost always afford to let Marathi take all the damage, right? So I, I do think there's a chance she dies faster, but like I can still charge her into Salamanders and not be afraid of Unleash Hell because they're only going to do three wounds. I don't care if you rolled seventeen sixes. Yeah, and I, and I guess there's also uh, the uh, the double up of being able to use uh, the realm command ability, um, like which obviously lets you fight at the top bracket. Or does she not bracket particularly badly? Uh, I mean, she brackets in the number of attacks she gets with her spear, and she brackets with um, with her her movement with the speed, but like not really significantly. Okay, so, uh, so that she, doesn't she, affect her the, much. No, I mean the damage on her big tail does does go down, but like really. It's her spear that starts out at eight attacks. I think it goes out like five attacks that are uh, three series rend one so or two. You, so you might use damage it at three. one point. Yeah, yeah, you, you you could, you definitely could. And she's a hero, so she can use it. Right, she's going to be able to do roar, which is awesome. Uh, right, and like her, she doesn't need extra things to do, but giving her plus one to wound uh, in a Titanic or a plus one to hit in a Titanic duel, mm. awesome. Right, and the fact that she can use like what a happy happy tuesday today is uh and get plus one to her armor save and uh plus one to wound. and two wound rolls yeah plus yeah. one to wound right right yeah, yeah. The, titanic the, duels plus one to hit yeah the uh heroic action is yeah because you can effectively because what you're talking about is the heroic action in the finest hour um best yeah, day ever yeah best day ever like there's so many names for it yeah <laughs> I, i've been listening to them and i've been trying to come up with my own so happy 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 tuesday is it's a my... good one that one works really yeah. well <laughs> uh Thanks. party time usa that's another one right um, and like you can you can be there and you're not using it this turn but like you're about to use it in the next turn so it's like it's not Tuesday yet, but I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> that also works. I'm glad you managed to get yourself that one for a laugh later. Thanks, Thanks, <laughs> I mean, Rob. Um, so, you, why did she get? Did, is it because of the access to all of these monster slash heroic? Like, she got access to both, right? Yes, and she was too cheap at six hundred. Yeah. Um. I, I think the conversation about how much things went up in points when you say like, oh, he went up, Glados went up seventy five points, like. It's not the going up 75 points that matters. It's the percentage, right? It's what percent did he increase? Marathi went up by 10%. Yep. The average across the entire game was 9%. So, like, she was barely above average in terms of how much she went up. That's dumb. She Like, I would, I would still... I play this game where I say, would I still take this model if it was 100 points more, right? Would you still take her at 760 points? Probably. Yeah. That probably means she's too cheap. Would yeah. I take her if she was... 150 points more like 810 points points. 800 points maybe we're getting to a place where it's tough because you get so much for that yeah but i still think you take her i still think like it's maybe less of an auto include but you still take her so pretty wild though that like you're adding 140 points on you take from 660 to 800 and you still Uh think i would still have the conversation about it which is also why i think the conversation about techless is disingenuous i was like oh he went up he went up 80 points what a like what a load of shit. It's like, well, that's 15%. And Sentinels went up less than 15%. So you can still get more Sentinels than you would have if you take Techless out. But like your Wardens went up 15%. Your Dawnriders went up 15%. It's actually pretty even across the board for that, for like, for Lumineth. So, mm. you know, it's, I think it's more interesting to talk about as a percentage. And when she only went up 10%, and most of the Daughters of Cain stuff actually only went up about 10%, 10 or 15%, Bow Snakes went up almost 20 percent 
which they needed to and was good. But not but even like, necessarily anyway. because of their war scroll. Like it's like they, no. they are pointed more. They are pointed more because they can shoot twice. Like yeah, and that moves. That that's my next big winner is, okay, is the Bloodstalkers. Great segue, Rob. Professional. You're in the right business, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, she, I mean, so Bloodstalkers can can unleash hell. They have a champion, uh, the dumbest champion in the world, who had whose bonus is an extra melee attack. Three series, no rend damage. One <laughs> on a shooting unit. It's up there with the drill bill for being the dumbest shit ever. But they're still great. That that champion now has a real purpose, which is to unleash hell uh, with thirty shots at minus one to hit. So your four is threes, rend one, damage one. And you still have sixes to hit do mortal wounds. It's not as good as Sentinels, uh, but it's better. Um, so like they're terrific. They they still move eight. They're they're still outstanding. Uh, can't can't think about. And what I mean, so like, like, what is it that gave them the it's unleash hell and like is the plus one to hit in the shooting phase also like fairly important or do you find that's going to be CP poor? At I point? use it. Oh, I, I definitely use it. Okay. Uh, if I like if I if I have a target I know they're not going to kill. If I'm like oh that's a unit of twenty wounds. I could afford to to do more damage to that. Let's let's throw plus one because like I'm not using a ton of other um, command command points in in like I, I'm not using other command points in the shooting phase. I'm not using it on on big Marathi to get plus one to hit. Her her attack is twos twos, rend three damage d six. Mm. I'm not I'm not spending it on that. Um, so I'll use it on the snakes. Give make them twos threes, which is nice. Uh, typically, I'm using it. I'm using three command points if I can. It's it's unleash hell. In the shooting phase, unleash hell in the combat phase, and uh, I'm sorry, only I'm sorry. Plus one to hit in the shooting phase, plus one to hit in the the combat phase, and maybe plus one save depending on the list. Uh, or I'm saving it to have used in the hero phase to shoot. Do you right, ever like, do you ever worry about the snakes being like battle shocked off? Like, so do you ever like sit with a CP? Because that's kind of one of those things about those super killy lists that I'm hoping, like, yeah. you know, the, the the opposing player goes first, like, does a load, and then they really see that they might need to keep a, like uh, one for inspiring presence, maybe. But like, that's... I don't, I don't typically. They're they're brave eight. Um, in some lists, you have ways to to buff their bravery. Uh, two wounds a piece with a five up save. So you need to do realistically ten to twelve wounds just to make me care about my battle shock test. And even then I'll only lose two or three snakes. Yeah. Um, so like not the end of the world. I can rally it back if I want to. And instead oh. of doing Marathi's shooting, but so like even thinking about uh, bloodstalkers outside of a Marathi list, because like they're terrific outside of Marathi lists. I, when I'm, when I'm building lists, the first thing I do is I put Marathi in and then I think, do I want to write a Marathi list? And the answer is usually, but then when I take her out, the next thing I do is, how do I work snakes in as battle line? And I try to get a 15 of, of, of bloodstalkers, right? It's like, just because I'm not doing the super smooth brain doesn't mean my brain is all of a sudden wrinklier than baby Benjamin button. Uh, <laughs> like it doesn't, that, I, that was, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That was off the top of my head. And I think it's the first thing I've ever said that came close to all the shit that Dan says. That's just like, so practiced and well rehearsed <laughs> like, crazier good. than a bag of cats. And like, like, God, what a, what a gem. Anyway, bloodstalkers, Doing really well. Great place. Shadow stalkers, stonkers, pardon me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're outstanding. Uh, they're going to score you four VP. So without it's, you having so it's, to do it's fascinating. Anything. So even though, sorry, just to go back to Bloodstalkers a minute, even yeah. though they went up twenty percent points wise, you still think very viable inside the army. Yeah, amazing. Very viable. Five hundred and ten points for thirty wounds that can reliably do eleven to twelve wounds at thirty-two inches is outstanding. Yeah. And then. I park them eight and a half inches behind the front of 
my screens and dare you to charge me, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to unleash hell. I'm going to make you think twice about charging those witch elves or that unit of life takers, right? Like it's just they they provide such a disincentive for you coming to get me, which the game didn't used to have. It used to be like, oh, I'm playing against a shooting army. Let me run everything forward and charge yeah. and get in their face before they can keep shooting me. Now, the penalty for getting in my face and charging is I get to shoot you again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Maybe, maybe makes shooting units a lot better. So, like, I'm glad they got an increase. I would probably take them at 180. I think 190 is too much, right? Like, we're, we're getting into the territory of, of too pricey. But 180, um, you still would. Okay, amazing. I think I'd come close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Fletcher Bomb for resubscribing. Uh, and he says, Woo, Jay Berry. Uh, big love. Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah. Undefeated against him. We drew one time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Austin Fletcher. So yep. I cut you off uh, at Shadow Stonkers. Yeah, I mean, they're going to. So I've started writing more and more of my lists looking at secondaries, both scoring and denying. And Shadow Stonkers are one of those that will they'll get you secondaries or battle tactics uh, with a t- with significant ease yeah. right you can you can get what is it savage spearhead where you get two units in your opponent's territory uh like they can get you that they can get you um the one where you take the the objective back from somebody without you having to try very hard mm-hmm. um if you just you know leave your stonkers in the corner or have them off doing something irrelevant and you bait your opponent into committing to you give them bait right something that's actually worth killing you put your your 10 blood sisters on the line they move forward and because they see this big juicy piece of bait, then you're like, cool, now I'm going to jump over there and take your objective off you, force you to turn around and run backwards. Even though you might be able to score it back, you're suddenly way out of position. They're just, they're incredibly versatile. They're, they're great. I don't actually play them, but I like them a lot. Okay. Yeah. I typically, I find myself putting life takers in instead of them. And that's, we'll get there. I love life takers. I think they're the best unit in, in the book outside of Rathi. Um, okay. okay. The next winner, a big winner, is the the Malusai Iron Scale. Okay. Um, so this is the the hero from the Shadow and Pain box. Uh, she's a mediocre fighter and not a priest, uh, but her commandability is terrific. It lets you pick a unit of Malusai. They get to run in charge, and they get to run 2d6 instead of d6. Previously... When I was always taking Marathi, I couldn't fit her in. And and the Melissa Iron Scale does unlock snakes as battle line, both yeah. the, the shooters and the, the stabbers. Shooters and stabbers become battle line in Perfect. Daughters of Cain. Perfect. No nets. No nets. Um, no nets. Uh, actually, that's not true. I have an ally list with some nets. Anyway, um, nice. so the Melissa Iron Scale, I typically wasn't taking her because I don't need to get my snakes up in someone's grill because I could either teleport with Celebron or I could get Marathi to just make them shoot and 24 inches is plenty in the hero phase. Yeah. Now, as I'm building more lists without Marathi, uh, the Melusa Iron Scale is really great because it allows you to project that power that much further, right? It lets you basically take your snakes from... Because they don't, they don't run in charge. The, the snakes are one of the only units in the book that don't run in charge because Witch Elves and Sister Slaughter do run in charge. Yeah. But at move 8, 2d6 average is, is 7, so you're looking at 15 before you charge. And in the first turn for Daughters of Cain, you get to reroll run rolls of 1. Turn two, you get to reroll charge rolls of one. Mm. So you're looking at the the chance that you know that that bumps the averages up significantly. Um, yeah, quite a lot. Like quite a lot. Yeah, it, it makes them quite fast. And it's not just running. It's not just running charge. It also gives run and shoot. So wow. I can have my my bow snakes on the back line, use the Malusai Iron Scale, roll a couple a couple fours, and suddenly I'm 16 inches up and shooting 24 inches, so 40 inch range. 
you'd have to be backlined to not get hit by that, even if I'm on the backline. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, yeah, the range is phenomenal. They're, they're outstanding, right? Like the power projection in this book is is very good. Um, another winner is Sisters of Slaughter, and we haven't talked about the the most fun thing to do in Age of Sigmar three, which is um, to shout the word redeploy and then roll a one. <laughs> <laughs> It's great, yeah. but Sisters of Slaughter really good. Um, you can you can force people to do things they don't want to do if you set them up as a screen. So Sisters of Slaughter are on twenty five mil bases, which means you can string them in a line touching each other. They don't really have to follow coherency rules, um, which is nice. You can if you do five by two, uh, that also takes up the same amount of space basically. Yeah. Um, either way, it's potato padildo. But what's cool about them is. Uh, when you redeploy with them, if you move within six of your your opponent, they know you're going to be piling in, so they sort of have to charge your your sort of little screen, yeah. which they don't want to do. Right? Instead of charging my important block behind the screen, you have to charge that because after I redeploy, I can then pile in six inches to get to something else. Yes. Or if you fail that charge, I'm going to park it at 2.9, and you're going to have to pile in away from where you want to go. There's all sorts of shenanigans. Um Redeploy, I think, is going to be one of the ways where we see the skill differentiate, right? Like, I think the battle tactics is one of them. I think the the mind game of, like, can I get you to unleash hell before you actually should? I'm, like, saving my good charges until the end. And then, oh, I, I made this charge and landed at 2.9 from the unit you want to shoot with. So either you unleash hell now or you don't get to do it. So yeah. like that that mind game is a, a big one and I think redeploy is going to be one of the other big places where skill differentiation happens. Also, it's just so fun to shout redeploy and then roll a one. Of course. I also think yeah. uh, I also think uh, there's some great opportunity like to cycle back from that that like your opportunity to see a redeploy action and it be useful in game as a reactive skill is already mm-hmm. is going to be the things that we're going to be learning for the next 6 months. But post then there's going to be people who set up to redeploy, yeah, proactively mm-hmm. set up to to yeah. act to create a trap. I don't think any of us are there yet, like uh, or likely to be. But like, it's one of those things that going into it, I'm like, okay, I wanna I wanna see how I can set up those sorts of plays. And I think with six inch piling units, you've got the opportunity to do that. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, so uh, you were saying, yeah, I, I won't. I yep, won't. big winner for no, you're good. Big, I mean, you're exactly right. Like you want to set up, you want to engineer bad choices for your opponent so that you can then use redeploy to the best of its ability. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so the next winner, and this is like, I, I sort of buried the lead on this one. Life takers got a huge boost in, in the, the Dodge Cane update or in the Marathi book update, which were the same thing and released at the same time. So I only bought one. You cannot have all my money. Um, <laughs> they, what they got was a pip of rend on the charge. What they used to have was plus one damage on the charge three. Like they each had two attacks, threes, fours, no rend damage one on the charge. They went up one damage. Now they also add a rend, which is great. So they, still do, that, they still do plus one damage? They still do plus one damage, and they get rend. So they're basically normal cavalry charge, which is great. I, I really highly rate cavalry in general yeah. um, for those cavalry charges, especially when you have move 14 and fly. Like, okay, oh, and also I can drop them from the sky whenever I want, and starting turn two, be rerolling ones to my charges. Yeah. Like, that makes nine a lot more reliable. Um, not incredibly, but... A lot more, mm. right? Um, so, like, they're just, they're incredibly versatile. Plus, they're a unit of five and they're on 40 mil bases. So, they're one of the best screens the army has for 90 points. Yeah. Um, and oh, did I mention that if you charge them and then choose not to fight yet because you think they're not going to do much, 
after they fight on a four up, they get to skink away six inches. So like, don't sleep on the fact that they can just run away from you because otherwise you won't get to hit anything. So like, that's really good. And they're just, they're one of my favorite targets for buffs. Um, Marathi gives them plus one attack if they're in a certain range and she's in combat. Um, they're a great target for catechism, which is exploding sixes to hit. They're a great target for, um, getting plus one to hit and then hopefully reroll ones to hit from starting from the third turn on from the blood rights table. And, and everything is a good target for this, obviously, because it's the best spell in the game, but they're a great target for mind razor because suddenly on the charge, they're plus two damage and plus two rend. So you're looking at from five from a 90, a 90 point five wound unit. You're looking at 11 attacks, threes, fours, rend two damage three. That's bonkers. For 90 points. And like you talk a lot about the trading game and Daughters of Cain play the trading game super well because all you do is you juice up one unit with everything you can put on them and then send them out to trade. And if I send out a unit of not, like a unit of five life takers, they could trade with a fucking stone horn. Yeah. Yeah. They right? could they like, could trade like yeah, like normally you're trading like like trash basically on an objective yeah. back and forth. Yeah, but you could trade super well. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I've had them trade with an entire unit of well, this is a bad example, but an entire unit of gluttons. I've had them trade with an entire unit of iron guts. Like they're just like I I I kill 3 quarters of a strong unit and then they kill my five wounds. Or I roll the four up and then just flap away and claim their objective. <laughs> it's like that's that's even dumber. Than... Is it is it four up as soon as you've activated? Yes. No, that's so yes. annoying. Also, loving annoying. the idea of of using skinking as a verb, skink away. Oh yeah, yeah, really yeah, well, into that. Uh, I, that or just you put on some uh, some like ska and you just skank away. <laughs> Uh, this is where we insert the uh, the gif of Andy Samberg saying, Ska defines me as a person. I will never give up on Ska. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep that real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. keep it running. Uh, so they, look, uh, they sound great, winner. man. Oh, they're amazing. I love them. Amazing. Last winners are the Heart of Fury and the, the Blood Rack Viper. Okay. Blood Rack Viper because he gets to move twice. Which is right? the, Once in my hero phase, the, once in yours. The, is it a spell? It's an endless spell. It's an endless spell. Yep. 95 points. Very expensive. Big ass base. Uh, I'm sorry. Pardon my French. Huge ass base. Um, it's a, a hundred mil. Uh, but the way that one works is if it ends a, a move or at the, at, at the after its move, if it's within one inch of a unit, you roll three dice for every die roll that is equal to or greater than that unit's wound characteristic, a model is slain. So you can take three shots at a six to kill a six wound hero. Uh, you can take three shots at a five up to kill Varengard, right? Like just terrific, really, really good. Um, and the Heart of Fury, so the Heart of Fury lost a little bit because it used to give minus one damage to the units within range all the time. Now it's only in the combat phase. Yeah. Uh, so it used to be my my biggest, one of my big defenses against best friend Joe Pagano and his, uh, his shooting because all his boats would go to damage one. However, what it lost there, it gained in, and you'll hear this word again, reliability. Nice. Because now it doesn't fizzle. The way they don't, they, they change the, the endless prayer invocation mechanics. So it's not on a four up, it goes away. Now it is, you roll a dice in the combat phase. On a one through five, it stays there. On a six, it stays there and gets, it goes super saiyan and then disappears because it gives plus one attack now. Wow. So on a one through five, it stays and gives minus one, uh, minus one damage to damage received for all of the uh, all of the Dodger Cane units within holier than twelve. On a six, it does all that and 
gives them plus one attack. So suddenly, if you really wanted to build your life takers to, to max damage output, I can get them now to five attacks each. So we're talking about 26 attacks, right? If you have Marathi, if you're in uh, Xanthar Kai, mm -hmm. which gives, there's a command ability Kai to give Kai. plus one attack to Zoltan. Um, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, we're not crossing our streams. We're we're keeping the stream in exactly one place. <laughs> right here. <laughs> right on my face. Um. Yeah. So it's like it's great. It it gained dependability even though it lost a little bit of its function. I still count that as a win. Okay. And if you if you notice, I listed most of the things in the book. You did. <laughs> you did. Uh. What? So what? I could so just read you the book. The yeah. Book. Um, and also, I think you, you're uh, unlike winners, like we might have seen on other shows. These are winners, and also winners in the game, like uncomparably right. good in most situations. Yes. Like right. you, literally, probably... the on. best war scroll, the, the best two war scrolls for the points in the game, I would say, is Marathi, and I think Life Takers are top five. And I'd say, I'd I say, love, I, I love Life Takers, I, and like maybe that's because of how well they take buffs, and maybe I'm biased because. I don't let them get charged by things that I want them to kill. I do the charging. I'm the one that knocks, right? Like, Dodger King rewards you for for layering a bunch of buffs, getting the fights you want, and you have to pick the right fights. I can't throw life takers into Ethereal Nagash. That's not who I'm going to kill with that. No, but everything else around, like you're definitely going to go into those zombies though and kill them. All of them. Yeah. Or you go into Neferata, who's making him Ethereal make her cry and then next turn you go into Nagash because he won't be ethereal anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got some you've got some real good options um like in that army, which I think is nice. And then you see how happy I am talking about this? Yeah, it's so much Con joy. Speaking speaking of contrasting, contrast this with Grumpy Vince and his stupid vape. I can I can do it too. <laughs> That's an airbrush. That's gross. <laughs> to be fair, right, he so... had a thankless task actually. I halfway to through. To be fair, I to be fair, I thought halfway through on like how indubitably unfair it would be to ask someone who's not quite so British uh, to um, to to talk through something that's really not very fun. Whereas this is just joyous. You're like, have you ever buffed up five lace takers and killed a stone horde? Because you can, and it's amazing. Like, yeah. like why yeah, would it? Like, it's night yeah. and day, right? And that's the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Luz and they have a five up save, so they can't be metal crunched. Oh my god! And also, actually, that's not true. They have a six up save. But oh, they get to a five up in combat from the shield. And you can anyway. also just run away. Crazy. Yeah, they just skank away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about um, uh, the losers? What? What? Yeah. Did... Anyone playing against Marathi? <laughs> uh, I, I I say that, but I also like it's. Um, I've played against Marathi. I played a Marathi mirror match, and it was the most stressful game of Warhammer I've ever played in my life. Yeah, we had almost identical lists she presents a problem that is very hard to wrap your head around because she breaks the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, I actually do think in some circumstances she is a kind of negative to play against. And like, that's kind of a loser thing, right? Like Austin Fletcher gets tired of losing to Marathi because he can't kill her with a mock Russia or two mock Russias or mock Russias and pigs, right? Like she's just tough. Anyway, that was mostly actually a punchline. Morgweth, the named hag, finally costs what she should. She costs 175 points for her and her friends. So, like, big loser. She went up by over 100% in her points, which is appropriate. I think they made a mistake printing 80 points, right? Yeah. We can move on from that. Yeah. The The Bloodrack Shrine, or Bloodrack Medusa, I don't think is actually a loser if you look at external parity. Yeah. 
Um, the only thing that they suffer for is by comparison, right? Like Marathi, you get a three cast wizard, three cast, two unbind at plus one. The Bloodrack Shrine or Medusa is a one cast with two unbinds. Mm. Um, and that also really presents a problem when it comes to dispelling, right? Because like if I don't dispel something in your, if I don't dispel your endless spells in your phase and I have to do it in mine, I give up my only cast, which is tough. Yeah, very. And the only item you can give as a bonus is plus one. It's only plus one to cast. It's not plus one to cast, unbind, and dispel. Yeah. The it's just like in the in the Darius Kane book, so like not a great target for um for for casting buffs. Not a great target for melee buffs because she's like a middling melee character. Um, but like I wouldn't actually call her a loser in any other uh in any other context. It's just in the context of like looking at intern like if, if you look at well i could take marathi you're like yeah that's only an extra 370 points mm-hmm. and it's way better you know it's so like you know it's it's tough by comparison um although i i am thinking about taking a blood rack shrine with the the hagnar item that gives you plus one damage on a weapon on the charge yeah and then taking flaming weapons so you've got like a damage three swinging <laughs> blood rack medusa but like that's that's the conversation of of throwing good money after bad that Vince has. Yeah. But that's the only way you can make an exalted chariot work. So like, you know, whatever. You <laughs> it's kind of like the reverse, but you end up with something yeah. good. It's like the opposite. I pick the worst unit in the book, and I can still make it better than the best unit in that book. We're having fun. <laughs> we're we're having, having fun. so much. We're fun. shouting out Joe Pagano, number six of seventeen, and we're talking about how many times I beat Austin Fletcher. <laughs> it's all these in jokes. Which elves? Which elves? Now, Doomfire Warlocks. Also, I would say like, they're not a loser. They just didn't get better, and they can't take Flame Blade. Right? And also, like, and also, like there was a very fun War Scroll Battalion that was available for them. Yes, very true. They lost, they lost the Shadow Patrol, mm-hmm. which let them teleport all the time. Um, they still get plus one to cast if they're if they have a certain number of models. They still have a really great War Scroll spell, which lets them uh, do six flat mortal wounds for only a two hundred eighty point unit, which is great. Uh, you got to get them in position, but like it's still very good. They have decent combat and like competent shooting they're a really good screen because five a five-man unit you spread them out like cavalry they're a great screen for 140 points it's a little steep Mm. but like they didn't go up that much 140 points now is pretty cheap um but they're also not battle lines so it becomes a question of like well would i rather have that or would i rather take more life takers or shadow stalkers or stonkers sorry or like they they suffer by comparison right yeah of course, I mean, um, yeah, like, and it's hard. To, like, that's why it's hard to, as, as a metric to judge, right? Like, what's got better and why, and then also like externally. But like, do fight warlocks is still a scroll that you would want maybe in other armies, and you'd be like, that's a fun absolutely. thing to take. Absolutely, yeah. like I would see them having plenty of value in in Harkaron, for example. Um, anyway, no one plays Harkaron except for maybe Simon. Um, so another loser is the Slaughter Queen. Um, her war scroll is designed to get more than one prayer. Because she has two attacks. One of them is damage D3. One of them is damage 1. She has a prayer to make her her sword damage D3. The other, the, the small sword damage D3. Cool. She also has a prayer that lets her fight twice. Cool. Also cool, right? She also is going to get a, a war scroll prayer. I'm sorry, a, a lore prayer, which is usually going to be something useful, like reroll your fanatical faith, or sixes to hit are, are an extra hit, or you take curse and, and like make a target take mortal wounds on sixes to hit, right? Like all these great options for for prayers and she can only chant one there's one item in in the daughters of cain book that lets you chant an extra prayer but if you fail you take d3 mortal wounds instead of one so like not the end of the world Mm. but like 
that's one slaughter queen that gets to do that. Oh, and on top of that, if you put her on a cauldron, you want her to wake up the avatar. Someone else can wake up the avatar, but then you're just pouring all your prayers into turning her on, um, which is exactly how my marriage works. I'm just pouring all my prayers into turning her on, but you know, sometimes sometimes we get there, um, <laughs> and more often than not, I slink away to play TTS and beat up Austin Fletcher instead. Um, oh, Joe Pagano. I love you, Joe Pagano. Seven out of fifteen. Oh, I, I yeah, I don't always beat him up. Our games are are pretty tight, just like our friendship, um, and you're my friendship. Oh. So. Um, so Slaughter Queens, I, I don't think they actually were losers. I just think they became a lot harder to use because there's a lot more choice. Yes. And also because they weirdly were written, then they like, then in post they were like, hey, we're going to only let all the prayer priests do one prayer. And they're like afterwards, they, they never went back. Which is, which is fine on its, on its own, except for the fact that they're written to do that in a way that makes it seem like you need to do all these things or you want to do all these things and you can't. Um, if you guys want to hear more about this, just listen to like, go back and listen to the episode that, that Benjamin Saba did with Rob, because he not only makes this point, uh, he then makes it again 14 times. So like (laughs) you'll, you'll get the picture. Um, it's a good point. Fun fact. Fun. Yeah. A fun fact, Joe Pagano and I shout out number eight of 17 are undefeated against Benjamin Saba, uh, in tournament play. Oh, wow. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty so, bulky. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm pretty game. We played for six hours. It was amazing. Arguably. Um, all right, we got to get through this because you have you have a four o'clock. Um, the last loser, and I I don't actually believe this in my heart of hearts because I always want to make them work. Is uh, Avatar of Kane. Okay. Right. Like we've talked. You've talked at length with a bunch of your guests about how monstrous heroes are the huge winners. Monsters didn't get enough, right? Because Roar is great. Stomp is great stomp down or step down or step up to the streets and break the rubble, like whatever it's called. One of my favorite songs. Um, yeah, right. Um, unless, oh, oh, you Channing Tatum motherfucker. Uh, it, it's lucky that there's no terrain pieces that are comprised of like a brother and sister because nothing is stronger than family. But <laughs> nothing. The, the ability to, to break down faction terrain is like very situational. Yes. Um, and then Titanic Duel is like, all right, cool. Plus one to hit. Like I can get that elsewhere. The avatar is a totem. Cool. Can now issue commands, right? Like that's neat. And the avatar, but the the avatar is a liability, right? Like if I if you kill it, you get an extra victory point. I I like to put one in a couple different lists I run um, because it's actually a great buff piece. So you play it back to middle and then play it late game, uh, and you can you can score some of those extra points. What I tend to, tend to ask myself every time I put a monster that's not a hero in my lists is, can I get one or more victory points from this model? Yes. If the answer is yes, it's worth it. Because if I get one and you don't kill him, I've netted up one. If I get one and you have to put a lot of effort into killing this thing and you get one, cool, we're even. And you've expended resources on killing something that wasn't going to actually hurt you too yeah. badly. But anyway, so avatars are like a little bit uh, on the fence, but they give plus one to prayers, which is great. That's great. Uh, so all the daughter's prayers going off on a two. I don't know if the wording on prayers is if you roll an unmodified prayer roll of one or if it just says prayer rolls of one, because that means being near Avatar would actually let you avoid the, the prayer miscast. I'm not sure either. Worth, worth, looking, either. worth looking at. You should, I, I wish you had somebody on this show who knew that faction. Do you think Sam Morgan's awake? We could give him a call. <laughs> um, chat, help us out. Or just make fun of uh, Fletcher some more. Um, so the last losers, I think, so there's, there's six sub factions and four of them are chef's kiss terrific. And two of them are like 
middling. So Drychiganeth and the Kraith are like kind of losers okay. in in the, the like sort of list building part. Um, Drychiganeth has a redundant ca- uh, command ability for Witch Elves and Sister Slaughter that you know you can get plus one uh, plus one to hit, which you can already get from from all out attacks. So like it gives you a way to either double stack or to put them in two separate places. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. I'm not putting. I'm not. Ha- I'm not fighting two fights that I need to win, and I need that plus one to hit to win. If you're doing that, you might be in trouble. Yeah. And then the other one is the Kraith, which like has some some like a shitty artifact, and the command trait is very situational, or and it can be situationally really bad. It's one of those things where if a Kraith unit kills something, in at the end of that combat phase, you get a command point. So it's like, well, if I'm at the bottom of the turn. I don't have any battle shot going off. You're Jesus. just giving me this command point that yeah. is gone. So, you know, if Rally was in battle shot phase, we might be having a different conversation, but we're not. Um, but that leads me back to my other point about winners, which is the four the four factions. Like this book is a triumph in book writing because of how good those four factions are. Right, Hagnar, Celebron, Keltnar, Xanthorkai are just they're so like they give you such great avenues to build around, mm. and it's 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 fun. It's actively fun. And also, Unlike, also, there's building... also some width in the book, so it's adaptable based on the meta, right? Like, if you exactly. absolutely need to... It's also kind of interesting. You absolutely need to go defensive. You can Hagnar, or you can... Um, uh, Calibron. Calibron, yeah. Like, so you can kind of go there, and if you're not, yeah. like... You can, you can kind of sidestep as the yeah. army, which is quite nice. Yeah, so this book is not going to get less good unless they really fuck us on points. Which, like, could happen, right? It could happen. It hasn't happened to Eels yet, but it happened to Skyfires. Like, it could happen. Could happen. Um, I hope they don't, because I think the book is in a very good place as far as the play experience goes, outside of Marathi. Marathi may need a War Scroll rewrite. Like, she may be the plague monk of our generation. I think the snakes could go up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're totally fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't want them to. But they could, and <laughs> That's that way and fair, like, too. It That's super it okay. It wouldn't mess them up. Right. I don't want them to. Anyway, so those are, those are my losers. Um, and... To exit to like to show how fun all these sub factions are. I've written, I texted you. I was like, I've written five lists plus the one I'm running, plus the other one I'm running, plus the other one I'm running. How many of these do you want me to talk about on the show? So like, let's get the smooth brain dumb shit out of the way. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's let's and these let's are, and lead... these will be lists that will be in the show notes and they'll also be available on thehonestwargamer.com. Just type daughters of Cain and then you'll see them. Yeah. Uh, also, if you go on Patreon uh, to uh, Tristan Gray and donate to him, he'll send you the lists that I wrote and sent to him in WhatsApp. Yeah, in 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 yeah. full colors. Like three color minimum yeah 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 basically yeah right yeah and bases okay so um so all right so i'm gonna give a brief overview of each of the sub factions as i talk about the list um because really i don't need to go into that depth if you want to read them go do it so here's smooth brain stupid list right the dumbest list that anyone can write and like austin fletcher would win with uh <laughs> i think Vince giving you sus in the chat <laughs> Oh, I didn't see. Hold on. Vince, said, if, if we, we get, get the smooth brain stuff out of the way, way, what are you going to talk? Hey, great question, Vince. I'm going to talk about how you get rewarded for your paint awards every time you get home from the <laughs> Let's tournament. move on. You want to do this? What happened at CanCon, stayed at CanCon. Right. right, come on. What was uh, it the right. list? So, yep. Uh, all right, so the, the dumbest smooth brain list, you got Marathi. You got uh, Bloodrack Medusa to make Snake's Battle Line. You've got 15 Bow Snakes, two units of Witch Elves to fill out Battle Line. And go trek. <laughs> Fuck! I completely forgot about that ginger wanker. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh god. It's awful. 
it's stupid. You're going to shoot in the hero phase. You're going to move up three unkillable heroes. If any TO is idiot enough to give Apex Predators, this is a two-drop <laughs> list. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. The list I, I ran at the last tournament uh, didn't have Gotrek. Instead, I had two tens of life takers and the Heart of Fury. So I'm minus one damage, and I have two tens of life takers in Celebron. So they teleport off and charge and are amazing. Okay. Just, just like that, that, that list has one wrinkle in the brain. It's still pretty smooth. <laughs> one wrinkle in. The, oh, and it has a hag, so you can you can put a couple buffs up. Um, it's like it doesn't take a lot of skill to put. Well, that's not true. You have to know what you're what you're hitting. You have to know why you're like why your targets are what they are and how to engage with it. It's actually kind of low body count, so like it's gonna struggle on objectives, but it's gonna table everything, and you're gonna use redeploy on Gotrek every turn to get him closer to killing everything. Yeah. It gives your opponent awful choices and um awful what's the word I'm looking for? A game. Yeah. An awful game. <laughs> yeah, <an> awful game. <laughs> and 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 sport and spoiler alert, I'm fucking taking it to to uh, Nashcon. <laughs> Nashcon. Hey, I'd well, love Nashcon to have you back two- on the show. Did, I'd love you have back. Have you? You can obviously listen to Jacob and Joe Pagano uh, and nine of seventeen um, uh, talk on the Rage of Sigma podcast, which is their podcast. And I'm sure you will hear this. But I think the audience, the Honest War Game, would also love to hear about your experiences with that list at Nashcon as well. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. And I, I played. Actually, uh, I took this list to uh, the Atlantic City Open. I went uh, four and one. It was great. Uh, it's so good and. That was back with Cauldron Guard, so, you know, a little bit different. But anyway, those are the two smooth brain lists that I've been playing. Uh, and I'm going to play... So, Nashcon has a two-list format, so I'm going to take the one with Gotrek and the one without and make myself sound like a good friend when I only play the Gotrek <laughs> list one time. <laughs> and that one time is going to be on table one, game five, when I win the tournament. When, <laughs> like it's when the gash is there, idiotic. you're like, you're, cut, you're, you're screwed, yep. son. Yeah, okay. Yep. And, then, and then Darren Watson is going to send me a model painted by smooth brain Vince Venturella. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because I'm going to win it. Okay, I'm going to win the Darren competition. And all those Kragnoses can get fucked. Uh, you got an answer for Marathi? No, you don't. Also, now I have a go trick. All right. So, uh, dumb banter aside. Um, so, Hagnar, as a sub-faction, gives you a couple things. It lets you... Um, it puts you plus one turn on your Blood Rites table. Which means you're one turn closer to your avatars waking up. You're one turn closer to getting reroll ones to hit. Which is turn two in Hagnar. Turn three for Darza Kane. And uh, the reroll ones to wound. But also what that does is it speeds up the process for, for Witch Brew. Witch Brew, exactly, Witch Brew, um, getting better. Because right? Witch Brew now happens on a five up, and then it increases based on which of the, like, what turn it is. So it goes to, to four up, turn two, three up, turn three, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's based on the Blood Rites table. So in Hagnar, you actually get it a turn earlier. Um, so the list I've written for Hagnar, and, and also, sorry, uh, and this is obviously a big piece, is the the six-up ward becomes a five-up against non-mortal wounds. So there's a there's a five-up ward against non-mortal wounds. Um, and so the Hagnar list I've written takes advantage of that, takes advantage of waking up the avatar early uh, and having more prayers running. So, and this is the tournament, this is what I've been running in some of our, our friendly little TTS uh, Discord tournaments. Uh, so it is a Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood, She's got Sacrament of Blood, which lets you advance the turn on a unit. Um, 
I've got a Hag Queen and a Slaughter Queen. One of them has Catechism for exploding sixes. One of them has Blessing of Cain to let you re-roll that ward save on one unit. So you suddenly get a unit that has, let's say I put on the unit of snakes. They've got a four-up save. They've got a five-up re-rollable ward against non-mortals and a six-up re-rollable against mortal wounds. You take a Blood Rack Shrine to have as your general. So she puts out the bubble of, of improved ward save. Then you get 10 Blood Sisters, 10 Blood Stalkers, and 20 Witch Elves. Specifically because people aren't going to want to target the Witch Elves at a unit of 20 because uh, they want to kill things that are going to kill them first. They want to kill the Blood Sisters or the Blood Stalkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are going to be hard to shift. And those are three battle line choices that are going to be a little bit harder to shift. So it makes it harder for your opponent to achieve the, the battle tactic of, of killing your your um, your battle line. Then there's two units of five Life Takers because I love them. And uh, Avatar of Cain, a Heart of Fury, and a Life Swarm. Uh, Life Swarm is great now because it happens twice, right? Once in your hero phase, once in your opponents. So you're just bouncing back and forth, putting back a Bloodstalker or a Blood Sister or Life Takers or Witch Elves. Witch Elves, um, specifically. And then Heart of Fury, right, to like reduce your opponent's ability to alpha you and come in. So it's a very sustainable, uh, it's a good grind army, right? Um, so that's that's one list I've written. Uh, and it probably plays closer to old Hagnar than most other things. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a castle, and then I'm going to juice some things up and send them off and have them... Also annihil- sounds like super fun as well, because if you do get all the buffs off, you're going to be like like joyous. You feel like you- a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, and, what did that die to? Because that was 90 points. How much was how much, yeah. that, how much did that cost? 90. That, that right there? That's 90, yeah. Yep, 11 attacks, 2s rolling 1s, 4s rolling everything, Ren 2, damage 3, from a 90-point unit. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved 14, and then I, I made the 10-inch charge because I rerolled my ones to charge. And um, and then I run away I, But I didn't take Marathi, and I didn't take Gotrek. I've got <laughs> wrinkles on my brain, boy. I'm not sitting here eating eucalyptus. I'm no koala. All right. Um, fuck, Anthony. Anyway, sorry. Not not Polcastro. Um, All right, so Polo. Uh, Kelebron. Really fun. Um, so Kelebron has teleports. It has minus one to be hit in um in shooting and so this one this is closer to the list that i played at uh atlantic city open without marathi i've tried to write these lists without marathi because she's just such a obvious inclusion it's more fun to look at what can you do without her uh and i've taken this cue from uh sam morgan who when he came on your show said like we're gonna not talk about marathi for a bit yeah. so another hag queen on culture of blood because she's great and i in this case i would i did give her in this calibron list i did give her the item that lets her uh, chant two prayers. Yeah. Uh, because because double prayers is, is super useful. No, I'm sorry. I gave her the one that lets her take take two different prayers. One one is um, curse and the other one is sacrament of blood. Right. So letting other things aside from the blood sisters or blood stalkers have exploding sixes. Right. Sixes do a mortal wound. Mm-hmm. Um, Hag queen on foot to give exploding sixes to hit. So sixes become two hits. Bloodrack Shrine to make snakes battle line because it's great. Uh, and that's going to be the general. So she's also the one that can um, can throw throw units forward with with the teleport from Celebron. Ten Bloodstalkers, two twenties of Sisters of Slaughter, two fives of Life Takers, two units of Shadow Stalkers, and then another unit of Life Takers. So this is all the teleports, all the dropping from the sky, all the shenanigans, and yet I'm still going to be juicing up Sisters of Slaughter and Blood Sister Bloodstalkers to just run out and kill things and still shoot 24 inches. Um, yeah. I'm minus one to be in shooting. 
I'm going to have a screen of Shadow Stalkers that are minus one to be hit in combat. And then if you don't charge them, I'm going to teleport them away and get Savage Spearhead. Um, it's a it's a much more techie list, right? It's a lot less like I can layer every buff I want on one thing and make this anvil. Which, it's, is, play, it's a lot. which is fine. Which is fine if you can dance around the right list, right? Like this, that's the th that's the thing I think is going to be most interesting. Age Sigma has always been a rock paper scissors game to a degree. Sometimes right. someone had the dynamite, <laughs> right, uh, right? Like yeah, like so you were like, cool, you win. Um, but like, but yeah, but then now, Life yeah. yeah, yeah. But now there's some there's some really interesting kind of takes because you're definitely always going to see Archeon, Nagash, Marathi, Gotrek, right? So yeah. like those are those they're, they're so like oppressively good like that they're yeah. going to be like be effective because they don't die right uh but right. then now you got to ask yourself actually can i play the rest of the game around them while avoiding yeah. whatever they're trying to achieve and i think that's going to be one of those kind of key conversations so a list like that sounds super fun to do because yeah. the play styles of those four or five other lists that we talked about are going to be similar there's the right. big piece so right. like it's kind of fun because we're all going to learn how do i dance around the big piece so like right. there should be an upskill across the board for everyone else who's like cool what am i going to do here because the more crushes should never charge marathi should charge everything no. else yeah or it should well no that's if it wants to die i was gonna say it should charge marathi and just do the mortal wounds to her but also tag something else to put all his attacks into but it dies back right so it should be somewhere else yeah. like yeah. doing other stuff and making marathi right. chase it like um so yeah like fascinating yep. i like that list a uh, lot yeah, I, it's fun. I like it. It's so fun to write these lists. Now, Xanther Kai is uh, a sub-faction that a lot of people don't take because it was sort of this, like, got released in the Marathi book. It didn't have a clear... The, the, the like, clear play style is that it gives plus one bravery to Malusai and to, um, to Canary, but there's a command ability that gives them plus one attack, which is, like, ace. Mm. So good, right? But also, it gives you, it lets you pick two artifacts, which is awesome because what I've been finding in my Dodger Kane list is I can take the Warlord Battalion and get one extra enhancement. But because I have to take the one that comes with my my, my sub faction, I, I largely wasn't taking, uh, I wasn't ever taking the like take two spells and then take cogs so you can get a bunch of casting off. Yeah. Right. Like you want to with the Blood Rack Shrine, you want to cast a couple times. Because there's great spells, right? Mind Razor and Flame Blade on the same target. So good, right? Yeah. Like damage three, tons of fun. Um, so the the Xanther list I've written is snakes, it's harpies, and it's a little casting bubble. So it's it's not as good, but still very competent. Daughters of Cain, Hallowheart. So hear me out. You get a Hag Queen because you always want prayers. Uh, and you always want Witch Brew. Witch Brew. Um, which, W-H-I-C. Witch. Oh, Bond. Which, which bro? How, how British are you? From H to Z. Um, you got a Bloodrack Shrine, who's your general, and then you've got two Bloodrack Medusae. And this is going to be in the Warlord Battalion, so you take the the enhancement of everyone else gets gets two spells. So you end up with the Bloodrack Shrine taking Flame Blade and Mind Razor, and also the, the artifact to give plus one to cast. You've got a Medusa with the Withering and Pit of Shades, so some damage, and also... Um, a, a a debuff to wound and then you have another blood rack medusa who has steed of shadows and mirror dance so she can teleport two of them up and she can also make herself steed of shadows to move 16 inches and fly yeah. right so you've got this like little casting coven of snake girls then you've got 10 blood stalkers 10 blood sisters another 10 blood stalkers so you've got 20 bows and 10 spears they can't shoot in the hero phase but that's still 40 shots mm-hmm 
at range 24. Yeah. That's lots of damage. Oh, and then we've got two units of life takers, the two units of five life takers and a unit of 10 life takers because they get plus one attack from the general. Right. Yeah. So like you can just la- like launch them forward and just like have them wreck a ton of stuff. Then you got heart of fury because I can't write lists without that. And you take cogs for the, uh, for the, extra spell the plus one cast exactly yeah. so you've got this little mini witch coven you can dispel it in your opponent's turn so that then in your turn you can put it up again where you have them centered right like all sorts of cool shit like that yeah that um, sounds amazing it's it's fun and it comes in at 1955 so you are likely to get off uh your triumph honestly in daughters of Cain, a lot of the time i'm looking at the reroll charge oh, uh, really? like i know the obvious i know the obvious one is plus is one plus one to wound yeah, but with Witch Brew, rerolling to wound is great. Yeah, which which one? The Witch Brew, the Hags, the Hags Witch Brew. Right. Yeah, um, it you don't need the plus one to to wound. Like a lot of the stuff in in Dodger Cane is wounding on fours, which is not great. Getting that to threes helps. Getting it with a reroll is actually way better. Um, and so what I'm what I'm also looking at is like. I need to make the charges. I need to get off the charge when I when I need that charge. Yeah. I don't always want to spend the CP on it, especially because as soon as you spend that CP, the next charge you fail, you fail, right? You can't use it again. So taking that uh, that triumph is, I think, is pretty good. Yeah, it's good. That's actually really clever. Like doubling down on something people wouldn't expect is really yeah. smart. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, last. Well, second to last one. So Keltnar is the new, the other new subfaction. I know we'll we'll get it in in time. We'll get it done. You'll get to go talk to some guy about slaves to darkness. Um, but <laughs> hey, right thanks now we're to talking Commissar about Azura for uh, for for raiding us. We're currently talking about Daughters of Cain in Age of Sigma. Hey, uh, party of twenty four. I know. Big up. Let's go. Oh thanks God. so much. Let's thanks. Go. Thanks, Commissar. We won't run if away. If you really, if you really want to show how cool you are, you'll start a hype train. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'll take off my shirt. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Keltnar is the other new sub-faction, which gives you uh, Retreat and Charge. Mm-hmm. So huge. And it gives you the uh, the command ability that makes a unit act like Plague Touched. So, or not quite, but very close to. So ones to hit against the unit you, you target bounce back a mortal wound. Yeah. Which is awesome, right? So you're, you're going to combine that with a couple things. You're going to combine that with... The bladed bucklers, which is whenever you make a save roll of six, it bounces a mortal wound back. And you're going to combine that with um, martyr sacrifice, which is a prayer that says whenever one of your models dies on a five, or whenever the model that you've chosen to pray for, or the unit model from that unit dies on a five or six, it bounces back a mortal wound also. So you you put up these screens and you dare your opponent to charge them. So you can put up that command ability. You've got that prayer up, and they're going to basically be hitting themselves a bunch. Um, but on top of that, you've got retreat and charge. And just because we're already doing retreat and charge and we're doing pile and shenanigans, you're all, I'm also taking Sisters of Slaughter and allying in two Allopexes. Wow. Yeah. There's more tech there. We're going to get there. So Hag Queen, Cauldron of Blood, because she gives everyone plus one to their save. She's a general. She's the one that... Uh, oh, she also gets to just summon a unit of five life takers or heart renders for free uh, at any point in the game. It doesn't have to be turns one through three. You can do turn five if you want, as long as she's alive. Wow. How cool is that? That's yep. cool. And she's got Martyr Sacrifice to, to bounce damage back. You take a Blood Rack Medusa because you need someone to put Mind Razor on. Mind Razor is just, like, you don't leave home without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a one-plus choice. And then a Hag Queen on foot to give some Exploding Sixes to give out uh, the Witch Brew. Having two sources of Witch Brew is really great. Um, and then you've got 20 Witch Elves, 20 Witch Elves, and 20 Sisters of Slaughter, 
all with the bucklers, so they are bouncing mortal wounds back on a six to their save. Right, you're setting up these these layers and screens, and then you're putting your general there to be able to put that command ability on them. Right, yes. forcing your opponent to charge and, and take mortal wounds back. Then you've got two units of life takers and one unit of heart renders. Heart renders, I think, do suffer by comparison to life takers, but they do get to move after they shoot on a four up in the same yep. sort of skanking way, sort of way. Uh, so that makes for some fun, uh, some fun things. Oh, I'm sorry, three units of life takers. I just love life takers. I've painted twenty, and now I'm trying to find ways to put them you in. You can list. tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can. And then, and here's here's the real kicker: two un two uh, alopexes, so that you can stand, you can unleash hell with their harpoon gun. Yeah. I'm sorry, with the with the net launcher. I did tell you there were nets in here, so that after your opponent makes their charge, they don't get to pile in. Which, if you've ever played against the uh, uh, what's his name, slippity boppity boopity boop. Yeah, slippity boppity. Sounds like a pretty, yeah. Sloppity Bile Piper, where he makes you not able to pile in towards the unit. It's a, like it really reduces the effectiveness. A lot of our, like a lot of armies, and like whenever I'm playing, I'll get I'll get that half inch in on that charge, but I rely on the pile in to make sure I get all my attacks in. Yeah, right. Use that unleash hell. You get one hit. They can't pile in. It really reduces their effectiveness if you're afraid of that target. Otherwise, you let them come in. You put up all your buffs and you let them hit themselves a bunch. Um, oh, and then I also just put in shackles because shackles with Sisters of Slaughter is oppressive, right? Can't charge, but I can pile in six into you. Let's have fun with that, Sam. That's really, yeah, very oppressive. And, although and although I find shackles utility harder to achieve, but I haven't tried tons yet. Like, I've had it in my sure. list for, like, a tournament, but, like, I haven't necessarily effectively used it. Right. And the other fun thing to do here is you take the Bloodwreck Medusa and you cast Metamorphosis. So you that, combined with the two sharks, you're going to be able to score some of those... Uh, some of those objectives of like running three three monsters or yeah. having monsters do things. Uh, so there's there's a lot of denial there when it comes to to scoring secondaries as well. So that's um, that's that's the the last one. And then I have a, a Marathi list that is just lots of snakes and denies your opponent all of their uh, all their secondaries. You take okay. so you take. Here's the thing: is also Marathi with an avatar lets you then cast Metamorphosis and have three monsters to achieve some of those those battle tactics. So that's another reason Marathi actually is is a big benefit, is you have this monster who's going to score you some more secondaries, right? Like, I forgot to mention that earlier. Marathi is going to be able to kill a battle line unit. Maybe so unless you're playing VP. against... Yeah, exactly. So, like, getting getting extra VPs off of Marathi's back, which you didn't need in the first place, but, like, is outstanding. Yeah, eventually she'll give up one, but she probably gets three VP. For, she she gets to do the secondaries and be a monster. Right. Yeah, right. huge. Huge. Yeah. And those are those are the lists I've written for you. Uh, I think I read them fast enough that we have time for you to shout out Artie real quick uh, <laughs> before we before sign off. Um, hey, so I, I like, think those the are the thing that I really appreciate about this is is it's clear how passionate you are about the army in this edition, right? Like, and how much you've been thinking it through. Yeah, well, and so uh, I, I will add one thing to that, um, which is uh, a lot of people have been sharding, sh sharding, shouting out Arthur Volgaris, but I, I want to, uh, I want, I want you to know some fun facts about him. Uh, he loves mo he loves mojitos. Okay. He was once a professional gymnast. He's not anymore. Um, he's got the skill set of, of the guy from Ocean's Eleven who can avoid the lasers. Mm -hmm. um, Amazing. He hates OBR, the, the nerf that happened to OBR, and he's still upset about the changes to Petrifex. Um, and he's about five foot one. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about my, my personal friend, Arthur Volgaris. 
I did not um, know that, that he was 5'1". Sorry, one. we can go back to talking about Daughters of Chaos. I just need to make we sure can. I got no, That's good. That's our shout-out for the end of the show, which has been... Oh, uh... no, no. My, my, no, you know who my, my shout-out is. Who? Always and forever. It will always be the same man. Joe Pagano. Do you want to say it for me? Yeah. That's number 10. Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano, Joe Pagano. There's 17. 17 I love him. for 17. He's my everything. It. Yep. And yep. Joe Pagano and Jacob Berry, and this is Jacob Berry, are available to listen to at the Rage of Sigmar podcast, which you can find available uh, intermittently or all the time. It's I'm, I'm never quite sure uh, of the, the schedule, but it's it's a schedule, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, the schedule is when we record an episode, you'll be able to download it and hear it. Uh, I think we're going to do one on Sunday. It's like actually. music. It's like music. Right. Some people like me are just like a hot dinner that turns up every day. They are a new album, uh, which is taking years to percolate and perfect into an art form that you could listen to at any point. So you guys 100% um, uh, like go and listen to that. Jacob, thank you. Thank you for doing such an amazing job. Yeah. Like at 69 viewers, like you've done an amazing nice. job. Nice. Wow. I took, I took us from 120 plus a rate of 24 and we're down to 69 <laughs> we did it so good. i think i think i managed to slide under the bar that vince set <laughs> i want to say i want to thank you for coming on and if you guys have enjoyed listening to this faction reaction obviously you can listen to all the others uh you should definitely go and listen to jacob and joe they're wonderful people uh jacob's going to nashcon which is an event over in nashville which you should also go check out um like the tweets and stuff from that um, uh, which I'll put all the links to in. So if you're in America and you get, might get the opportunity to go to Nashville at any point, go to tournament. That's a great event. Uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thanks, Jacob, for going on the show. I've got to go now. Uh, I will be back. If you're watching live right now, and this is in front of a live audience, I will be live again in five to six minutes <laughs> with Mark talking Slaves to Darkness. Uh, and if not, uh, leave some comments, subscribe, do all that other jazz. Thanks, Jacob. Subscribe to our Patreon. We can't do what we do without you. And uh, lekker lekker. Thank you. Goodbye.